everybody. This is Beth with Bluegrass Ghost Hunters bringing you another episode this week. This week it's me and Kimberly and we're interviewing Andrea Babb who is an awesome medium and she has a couple of books that we're going to talk about and there's a lot of things she's going to or a lot of questions she's going to answer for us. Hi Andrea. Hi. Awesome. Um, just super fast. Um, I got my name finally legally changed back after my divorce. So now it's Hill. Andrea okay, Hill. cool. <laughs> oh, okay. Congratulations. Yay. Thanks. It was a big deal. I was so excited. Yeah. Oh, good. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> um, I think we're going to start with talking about her most recent book. And I just finished it not too long ago and it was pretty awesome, but it's a good read and a good way to talk about her life. Um, Andrea, do you want to kind of give a little rundown about that book? Sure. Um, it's called Be- uh, This Haunted Girl. It's Monday. <laughs> um, and it's a compilation of short stories that I wrote of my experiences communicating with spirits uh, throughout my travels in the U.S. and Europe. And it also covers haunted dolls, dreams, um, animal spirits, all kinds of stuff. I think like, I will, I will tell you, I think my favorite part, even though like, I really love the, like the stuff you talked about in like Germany and stuff and -hmm. seeing the Holocaust spirits. I think my favorite part of the book was the haunted dolls. Yeah. Those were super interesting. I will say, so the book started off, actually, uh, it's from a blog that I kept um, for years to record all of that stuff. So they're all the same stories. I just transferred them over and made them book friendly. But I will say writing the uh, stories about the haunted dolls was my favorite. And it also just in my experience with them they were probably my favorite experiences I've had with spirits too. It's just just kind of a whole other world. Oh yeah. Like the way you described it and like how you figured out who, who each of them were and like helping them like transition and stuff. That was like super awesome to read about. Oh, thanks. I, I also, I really enjoyed hearing or reading about, your Holocaust spirit. Uh, yes. Like, I, I don't know, but like, I wouldn't have even, I wanted, I've been wanting to go over to Germany just to kind of like see stuff like that. Cause I've been to the Holocaust museum here mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. DC and oh, it's just, amazing. Yeah. I would have never thought like how, like being able to see stuff like that over there. Like, I didn't even think about that. You know, I had like a, 
a thought before moving of, oh, I wonder if I will. But once I got there, it just kind of goes away in your head. Like you just don't even think about it because you're so busy living life. And I, I genuinely was not looking for them. So it was kind of a surprise when it happened. And um, honestly, I just didn't really know what to do because like, how do you help them? You know? Right. It's sad. So it was, it was very sad, but also just kind of eye-opening to see that. Um, but yeah, I'd never went to any of the concentration camps because I didn't want to experience that. Right. You know? Did they approach you? They did. Um, oh, well, they wow. didn't really speak to me, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I just remember seeing them and they would just kind of mm-hmm. pop up. They'd be like outside looking in my windows or always nearby. Um, I think I saw them in the forest uh, near my house at the time walking. And yeah, they just kind of popped up here and there. Um, oh, wow. And I think that they a lot of it was just they needed somebody to see them, you know, just Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that they exist and to see what they went through, which is most spirits. It's like they need that empathy and the validation. Right. Validation is key. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like, you know, everybody feels when something catastrophic happens to them, it's like nobody else understands, you know, Mm -hmm. so to have somebody that can see you and understand what you went through. Like, I think that that's incredibly, um, cathartic. Like it's so healing for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's why a lot of these places that are haunted, uh, something traumatic has happened and they, they, they don't want to move on because they want some, they want to share their story. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the job job but you know part of what I do and and part of what I see as my purpose in terms of communicating with spirits is uh the intent to help them and it's always they need their side told they need somebody Mm -hmm. to empathize and um validate and and honestly like just feeling the relief that comes from them after expressing to a family member, you know, what they wanted to say or what happened to them, what they felt. It's like the relief from the spirit is incredible. And then it's super easy for them to move forward and, and, you know, cross over. That's That's such a beautiful uh, statement that you said that. And that's the whole reason that I wanted to get into paranormal investigation, you know, just to be able to validate them and, and let people know that they're there. You know, yeah. Same. Could you imagine like existing and, you know, living in the same world as somebody else? And it's like, they cannot see you. It's you're invisible. It'd be horrible. Yeah. I think it's incredibly distressing. And, um, I think that I always, I never took this for granted that I could do this. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was always, the purpose of helping first and foremost, the spirits. And then of course, I loved being able to help people, especially if they were grieving um, to maybe give them some closure or at least help them feel more connected to them. But I always prioritized helping the spirits first. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I can't imagine being in that position. The living can go and get therapy, but there's right. no, <laughs> true. Yeah, there's, there's very few people 
that can do what you do. And that leads me to ask you a question, if you don't mind. No, I not at all. Do you think that um, people are inherently gifted to speak to the dead or can it be a learned thing? You think I you inherit be a learned thing. I oh. think that we all are born with the capability of doing it, but I always compare it to sports. Anybody can throw a ball, but <laughs> it's the ones that, you know, like put in the practice, practice or some just are naturally gifted at it. Um, so I think that anybody could, but it, it takes a lot of work for some to be able to release those mental blocks and have the ability to kind of have that awareness and to hear. But I do think that a lot of people are just born with that, just naturally third eyes open and they don't have to work too hard at it. Like any other gift, like you may have some Correct. people who are born to be athletes, you know, yes. they, they're much better runners than I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And it's like we could run, but you know, of course there's going to be somebody that's better at it or naturally right. gifted. Well, that gives me hope. <laughs> that's awesome. I really enjoy that explanation. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I've never thought of it like that. Well, yeah, it's just a, it's a learned skill and you got to practice. I, mm -hmm. I hands down the thing that really um, helped me to be better at it and to be able to control it is meditation. That's a hard if, one. It yeah. is very difficult, but I've learned because it, I think it's very difficult to just sit there and try to like not think about anything. Um, so I always would give myself a task and I would picture different objects in my mind's eye and move it around, contort it, uh, change its color, like, because that is narrowing down your focus and you're building that muscle up in your phone or whatever it is. So do going in with that purpose of being able to see things much better in your mind's eye, and then also just doing exercises, listening to your intuition or messages. And to me, the easiest thing was I would ask a question, you know, to tarot cards or ask a question to a spirit. And I always, I had to learn how to do it, but I always take the very first thought that comes into my mind. Everything oh. else after that is our ego and consciousness taking over. So that very, very, very first thought, the one, even if it seems completely off the wall, those are the ones that I grab up like a hold of and, and say, and even at the risk of looking like a psychopath <laughs> and, and it so far, it has not steered me wrong, but if I second guess, and then I start to, to attach to the other thoughts I have, then it's all messed up. Mm-hmm. But it's your own yeah. imagination taking over. Right. Yes. Because we like to sense. fill in the blanks mm -hmm. and make sense of things. So it's, yeah, but that it was not easy for me to learn that. It, it just takes lots of practice. That's interesting. That is so cool. It is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love all that. And you um, mentioned a lot of that in your first book, the 60 day journal talking about meditation. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have to be honest, I tried it, but I couldn't be still long enough. <laughs> it's tough. To and and well, try they call it. it 
thing I try to remind myself of is that it's called a practice, you know, mm-hmm. and I cannot, there are so many days where I just cannot even sit still for five minutes and yes. focus. And I think that that's completely normal. Um, what helped me was I would commit to doing it right before I went to sleep. And just because that's when I had the most quiet time and I was winding down already. And, and like I said, you know, like I always have gave myself a task because I cannot, I mean, it's amazing where your brain goes when you're just sitting there in silence (laughs) and trying not to think of anything. So I learned that adjusting my focus on something else is so much easier than to just sit and not think. <laughs> I think that's impossible. That that is really hard. <laughs> it is. I never mastered that. Especially at night. That's when I do my most worrying. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I just I keep going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. While we're on the topic, uh, maybe you should explain your first book too to the listeners. Well, it's called The 60 Day Journey, and it's a 60 day plan of uh, lessons and instructions, tasks uh, to do for each day. And it, the purpose is to help you heal from past traumas, to grow spiritually, to open your third eye, um, become more connected with nature and the universe, um, just basically self-betterment, but also growing in a really beautiful way to where you can explore those other things as well, like mediumship, tarot, healing, Reiki, um, it kind of paves the way for that, but even just using the book as a whole and that's it, it, they are things that I did along the way. I I kept track of all of the methods I tried and what worked for me, what didn't. And I, uh, that's what I put in the book because I thought it changed my life doing all of those things. And I am a much better person because of it. So I thought it would I just really wanted to share it with other people. It's, it's and, definitely awesome. <laughs> it's definitely, I, I've loved both of your books so far, even though I've not mastered everything in the first book, I've tried it too. <laughs> but I mean, I've got to like push myself a lot harder whenever I'm doing stuff like that in the first book. It's just I, my mind's all over the place. Oh, I feel yeah. like I scatter brain sometimes. <laughs> so I'm right there like, with you. So I get it. <laughs> So I have to like really push myself, but I think, I don't know. I really, I really enjoy both of your books are two totally different types of books, which I really yeah. like. Um, like the first one, it teaches you all those methods and stuff and what all to do to be better at those things. And then you've got your second book that talks about your life basically and everything you've done so far. And it's, yeah. it's just a very interesting life. Yeah. like thanks <laughs> I, I was I was very interested from start to finish just reading about everything you've done so far it was really that fun I'm so happy thank yeah. you I'm actually working on um two different projects uh my next book I, I'm creating do you remember when I hosted that women's day of healing yes 
I am going, I'm turning that into a book. So I'm writing out all of these methods to um, heal yourself and kind of take control of that and release even more stuff. And yeah, so I want, I wanted that to be easily accessible for people because to me, they're things that everybody deserves to learn or to have like, you know, to use at any time. So I'm going, so that is what I'm working on. And I'm also working on a, um, it's called the empowered goddess, uh, daily planner. And it's a, a planner and it's dated every day, but I don't put a year on it. That way people can use it at any time and start oh, where cool. they want to start. Amazing. Um, but, yeah. it's, but it's similar to the 60 day journey. It's basically throughout the year. I'm go- like writing tasks and things to do in order to continue to become a better person and to grow oh, and to feel that. empowered. That's awesome. Yeah. So that one that I'm, I'm so like especially excited about, but the, the woman's healing book uh, is really a passion project. I just, those are things that I just want everybody to know. So I'm, I'm very excited to finish that one. Um, it'll be done in the fall. That's awesome. As well, the planner. So yeah. That women's I'm healing day was so fun for me. I loved it. Oh, I'm so glad. I would love I to do another one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm down. <laughs> Yeah, Anytime. like honestly, it made me want like think about trying to do like a weekend retreat thing for women. Um, yes, and oh, I'm still kind of like, yeah, I'm still kind of thinking about it. It's just I've not had a whole lot of time to put a ton of thought and energy into it, but I've mm-hmm. thought about calling around places to see, um, and maybe renting out a place, and I don't know, doing like a whole weekend of like you know, stuff that you could teach us or like we could do paranormal investigating, mm-hmm. um, just a couple of different things. And I think that would be fun. Absolutely. I always dreamed of doing like a weekend retreat. And some of the things I thought about were um, forest bathing and meditating out in nature, communicating mm. with like nature spirits, you know, becoming connected. Cause I think that oh, that's like that. where you should start anyway, is oh, being be more awesome. connected, but just, that just sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that, you know, learning the techniques is important, but also just figuring out how to let things go and just be, you know, and be relaxed and in the moment. So yes. mindfulness is a big one as well. I feel like I need that in my life. <laughs> Everybody it just, does, I think. It sounds so relaxing right now. It it's life changing, honestly. Just even doing one of them to me, I instantly feel better. Maybe we'll try to look at some more nature places, and I may have to call around and see like what <laughs> we could get. That would be that so would fun. Be cool. Heck yeah, yeah. it'd be uh, very nice. Reconnecting to nature is always uh, an important thing to do anyway. There's, there's so much that, you know, people get so busy with their lives, you know, with the busyness and the, the work and, you know, everything. And you forget to just stop. And you know, mindfulness yes. is difficult, you know, in the day to day. And that's why there's, you know, there's so much anxiety and depression and you know, like this is mental health awareness month and, and so many people are having so many problems because they don't ever slow down. 
And okay. yeah, we do that. And it's we live in a world where that's almost mandatory at this point. You know, it's like yeah. we don't get much of a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole thing with mindfulness, the trick that always works for me is no matter where I'm at, the second I start feeling anxious, I take a few deep breaths, but then I look up. And when you shift your perspective like that, it immediately changes um, your thoughts in a way. It puts you immediately into the moment where you're being, uh, living in that moment and being mindful of your surroundings. Plus you get to look at the sky or the trees and birds. It's nice. But that shifting your perspective, look left or right or up or wherever, it immediately kind of shifts your focus to the now. And that helps people kind of let anxiety go sometimes. That's really cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. I've got to start being mindful and thinking about doing stuff like that whenever I'm like feeling very anxious. Yeah, it's so tough though, you know, especially thinking clearly when you are feeling anxious mm-hmm. it's oh, yeah. tough you know it and, is and I think we almost have to teach ourselves certain techniques maybe but really all it takes is something to distract us away from that to shift our focus um because that- honestly it's so easy to get consumed with the anxiety mm-hmm. yeah I think that's really great I'm gonna try that next time just take a few deep breaths and look up how neat yes that simple and it doesn't cost money (laughs) (laughs) right that's really neat so for the listeners where can they get your books so the 60-day journey is on amazon and barnes and noble websites and this haunted girl is going to be available on both amazon and barnes and noble by july awesome yeah, I, I ordered your latest one, This Haunted Girl, through you. So, and I'm glad I did because I'd be waiting. And yeah, I really enjoyed it that like that much. I think I read it within a day. Like, it was that fun awesome. to read. So I wish I'd gotten it Thank now. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, Do wish what? Gone, I wish I'd gone ahead and gotten it now because it sounds really exciting. I just, at, the, at that time, I didn't have time to read anything. Yeah. Uh, do you have any available now that if somebody wanted to, didn't want to wait until July? Absolutely. Yes. Where can and we go? I always, and this sounds like egotistical, but I do sign them. I try to write a little something to whoever purchased Ooh. the book and uh, yeah, just make it more personal. And in the back of my book, actually in both books, I have my email address. Um, for people to reach out to me if they have questions or if they just want to have somebody to talk to or bounce ideas off of if, you know, being on a journey of self-discovery and self-betterment and spiritual growth. So I try to be as accessible as possible just because it can be incredibly isolating depending on where you live to have those kind of interests and to want to explore those things. And, and I think that we should all be so supportive of each other and encouraging. And, uh, it's almost like being in a tribe or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love that description. That's perfect. Thank you. Yes. Yes. That's really beautiful. It is. 
Well, Kimberly, do you have some specific questions for Andrea? I did. Getting back to the haunted dolls or, you know, like a haunted place. Why do you think spirits stay in one spot like that or they get connected to like an object, like an inanimate object? Why is that? There's so many reasons. Um, The most common is, especially with a place, they have unfinished business or the place belonged to their family for generations. And it's as if they can't let it go. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they hang on because of people and they just happen to drift to that location because of whoever they're still feeling like they need to keep watch over. Um, Or, you know, in my experience, especially being in Kentucky where civil war stuff happened and, and things like that. Um, a lot of this, a lot of the spirits are kind of unaware of the fact that they passed away just because of the way they passed. Perhaps it was too traumatic to where they, you know, inadvertently blocked it out. Um, other times it was so sudden that the transition over, it's like they, they literally just woke up somewhere else. Um, and, and it doesn't click for them that they passed. And so that's when sometimes you have those random ones that are stragglers just in a house or in a building or in a field, um, with inanimate objects, it's a little different. Uh, it's typically because they're actually attached to that object. Like when living, you know, they have Mm -hmm. this weird attachment, belong to somebody or belong to them. Um, but dolls in particular, it's the theory is, and in my experience is that they're, they pick dolls because they're the closest looking thing to human. Um, so it's as if they're almost getting some kind of body back, um, but they have all the features that a person would have. And that tends to make them feel a little bit more comforted. Isn't that something? Super interesting. It's kind of sad, you know, it do, you is. Think they, do you think they see each other when they're, you know, yes. when they're moving sometimes. around? Sometimes. The, the ones that are kind of oblivious and have no clue that they passed, um, I would say typically not because it's as if they're in their own bubble, their awareness mm. is just gone. So I think yeah. that they don't necessarily see the spirits because they don't want to their brain is blocking them from doing it. Um, But the majority of the time, especially like in haunted homes and buildings, yeah, yeah, they all see each other. They have clicks. They have, um, they often have somebody that's kind of like the main person in charge, the bossy Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's interesting to see who groups up with who and who's in charge. And it's, it's kind of fascinating and there's almost always some sort of pecking order because it's like they have to create real life yeah it's like they have to mimic what society Mm -hmm. you know did when they were living yeah so somebody always has to be in charge and they have rules and they have their own little friends and family and yeah it's it's pretty interesting So when we're investigating, how do we tell the difference between something that's residual and something that's actually a spirit? Does that make sense? It does. That's actually a great question. Uh, I would say 
the easiest way to tell is, you know, residual, you'll pick up on the energy. You'll pick up maybe perhaps on a sound or an image if you took a picture. Um, So there's some kind of energetic presence. However, if, if it was like more of an intelligent, aware spirit and not just kind of an imprint, like a residual, they're actually going to interact. So when you guys ask questions, uh, a residual spirit type energy is not going to respond because they're just in a loop playing over that same thing over and over because there's no intelligence attached to it. Um, It's just like a sprinkle of energy that they left behind. The spirits though, um, the ones that will interact with you through flashlights and light things up for you and stuff, those are not residual. They, you know, those are spirits. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And uh, one one last question for you for anybody that's a paranormal investigator. How important do you think it is that we uh, do some sort of cleansing before and after we do an investigation? I think it's pretty important. Um, I don't think that people are going to become possessed or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But energy is energy and it can affect us in all kinds of crazy ways. So I think that um, by protecting yourself and cleansing, it just kind of helps keep those spirits from merging with your energy in any way. Some do would be able to follow, you know, like if you went home, you know, they say like, Oh, I took one home with me. Um, I think that's definitely possible, but it's not as common as people would think. (laughs) I just think the protection really, and the cleansing is just to make sure that our energy doesn't get affected by theirs. Okay. And it just kind of keeps us sane and (laughs) our moods won't be affected. Cause you know, if like a spirit's very depressed and whatnot, then mixes with yours, then, you know, you could be depressed for weeks. Oh, yes. And we've been on this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I will say I haven't had, I don't feel like I've had any follow me home when I first started investigating, but this last octagon hall one, I'm pretty sure one attached itself and followed me home yeah I don't I don't know I just have that feeling like I feel like something yeah was like on my back basically oh that's rough but not like I don't think it was negative at all I think it was just it I think it wanted to change the center scenery in a way <laughs> like I mean wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, plus Octagon Hall, I just feel like it's just so full and I feel like it's, yeah. they probably get very claustrophobic there. Oh, I'm sure. It's a lot. And I'm sure like they probably just want somewhere else to go for a little bit. Yeah. Like a hotel or something. Like when you go on vacation. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, if you remember all throughout Octagon Hall, the, the spirit box kept saying, Beth, Beth, Beth. I mean, constantly. Uh, it just, they were honed in on you for sure. Yeah. I don't, it's, it hasn't like bothered me or anything, but I could definitely feel something. And every now and then I feel like there's probably something there, but it's not, it doesn't bother me or nothing. So I just let it happen. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me either. Like 
if it does do that, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Just tell it to go away? Like if you yeah, feel, and they'll listen. Um, typically, yes. So everything is about free will. And the thing is, is that spirits, just like people, will keep taking advantage or doing what they want until somebody establishes a boundary. Mm. So really what you're doing is creating that boundary and saying, you're not welcome in my house. It's time to go. You need to go somewhere. Um, And nine times out of 10, they'll go because, you know, they're going to keep doing what they're doing until they're told otherwise. Some will kind of resist. And if you have trouble with that, then that's when I say, find a medium that's willing to help kind of move the spirit along. That is so on that note, uh, what do you suggest uh, when you're cleansing houses and stuff? What's the best method? You, you know, sage works really, really well. Uh, I always tell people start with sage and, you know, you just light it and then blow the, the flame out so it sm- uh, starts to smoke. And then you just take it around the perimeter of the entire house in each room um, and make sure you get the corners, all of that, but make sure that there's a window or a door open for all of the negative energy to go out. Then after using Sage, I always advise people to go in with one other smudging element. And I say um, cedar is by far the best. So, and you can find that on Etsy, um, you know, crystal shops, witchy shops, all of that, but just a cedar bundle. Uh, it smells good. It helps get rid of the, <laughs> the nasty sage smell. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, it's a major cleanser. And that's what I recommend for people too, like to use, to cleanse themselves before and after doing an investigation. It's just so clean and pure and, um, very, very effective, but with houses too, if you're cleansing a place, um, I always recommend incorporating crystals and I always tell people to put, uh, hematite and black tourmaline in the corners, you know, the four corners of the house and just leave them there for a couple of days and then you're good to go. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, there's been a couple of people reaching out to us, wanting us to come to their place. And I was, I figured sage and stuff like that, but the crystal part, didn't think about that. And we should close the windows after we're done, right? So that they, mm-hmm. the negative can't get back in, right? Right. Okay. Awesome. And intention is, you know, half of it. So when you are cleansing, having the intent and telling them in your head, like, okay, it's time to go. We're cleansing this space. So, you know, it's time to move on. Um, Intention, especially because we are dealing with energy, essentially, that really um, makes all the difference. Okay. That's awesome. I'll definitely keep that in mind because we'll probably go to a couple of places soon. So. That'll be it's really nice to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, I think it helps people too that are scared. Um, I think it's so important to help ease their fears 
and worries by having that confidence going in there and taking care of it, but also kind of explaining how the things work. And, and I think just building that knowledge for people so they aren't as scared. Yeah. If they encounter a spirit. That see, that's a big part of why we want to investigate too and teach people. We want to educate people Mm -hmm. that, you know, not every spirit's negative and like, honestly, a lot of them aren't. They're just, they want to be acknowledged. They want somebody Mm -hmm. to hang out with. They, I mean, they just want to communicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, even the ones that are classified as quote unquote bad, nine times out of 10, it's, they're just very angry and confused. Um, The anger can come from not knowing what the heck's happening, but also there's a lot of anger if they feel like their space is being invaded, um, Mm. especially renovations or for instance, um, you know, one that I always experienced with that happening was at Waverly Hills. And a lot of the spirits there, um, I would hear them and feel them being very angry because that was kind of like a good uh, amount of spirits resting place. And that's just kind of Mm -hmm. where they were. And they felt like their space wasn't being respected. And they, it was like an invasion whenever people would come. So it, yeah. And so those could be misinterpreted as negative or bad, but it's because their energy maybe feels a little intense or you're feeling those bad feelings that are coming from them because they're just unhappy with what's happening around them. That's a really good point. Yeah. Really good point. Uh, and that's, uh, that's so important that you need to, uh, we need to remind everybody that when you do go to these places, you need to be respectful. I mean, it, these, these spirits aren't necessarily evil or mischievous, you know, or malicious like mm-hmm. Beth said, you know, and we need to be respectful because they've been there a lot longer than most of us have been alive. Absolutely. And we need to be respectful of them because, you know, um, they're, you know, they're already miserable. Why are we making their, their existence even more so, you know, yeah. we could be there to, to help them. I think if we humanize them some in our head, And just remember that these people have consciousness. Um, The spirits are, they used to be people walking the earth. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that when they pass away and they're kind of stuck somewhere, they don't necessarily have the autonomy, you know, that they deserve Mm -hmm. and they, they aren't treated as individuals with feelings. Um, They're just kind of like, uh, you know, things to be like provoked or a novelty in a way. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, reminds me of like a zoo, going to see yes. animals at a oh. zoo. Yes. And now that you that's say exactly. that, like that's that's what it reminds me of, which is it does me too. Sad. It is. Um, I think it's just kind of the way the world works, and I think um, you know it's inevitable that we're going to be sharing space with people in different realms, or you know, in the afterlife, or however you want to explain it. And I don't know. I just think that, yeah, being respectful and understanding and compassionate about their situation, I think is, is really important. And it's also, I mean, why wouldn't you want them to have peace and feel respected and loved and cared about? 
Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I think people forget that, like that they do have consciousness and feelings and yeah. That's why I love you guys so much and what you do, because you guys are not disrespectful and you always are in there with the intent of understanding and educating other people and helping them. And I just think it's amazing because you guys have such loving energy too. When you go in there, you have nothing but respect. And it's, Mm -hmm. I think that's the way it should always be, you know? Absolutely. We've had some of our best experiences uh, when we're, we're talking and joking or, or telling something funny, right, Mm -hmm. Beth? And, and they'll they'll actually react to us. Yeah. They love that. Yeah. I think they just want to be involved like that. Uh Yes. Just be a part of it. Yeah. And yeah, just over the years, just learning everything. And I just, I love it just because it's not like a hobby. It just seems like just something that makes me feel good in Absolutely. a way and You're I'm fulfilling. able to share this with people yeah and well, something I just beautiful. don't I don't want people to be scared because I grew up scared and then I started being more comfortable with it and kind of learning and like when you educate yourself and like you get more comfortable and you're around, like, I think everybody thinks mm-hmm. of going to these haunted places is going to be super scary and like jump scares and stuff, but that's really right. not the yeah. case. No. I mean, there's very few no. times where I'm like, like something will make me jump. It's yeah, honestly, like, if you think about it, it's just like going to, I don't know, like an event and just sitting and chatting with people for the most part. Oh, Yeah. Well, like, I think that's, too, one of the, the reasons why people are so scared in those moments is because even if they're not empaths, like they feel that energy shift, yes. but their body doesn't know how to interpret it. So it often will cause that adrenaline rush, like the adrenaline's up high because your body's like, what the heck is this? <laughs> and, but, and so I think that that's part of it as well. It's <laughs> just, you know, we're not used to that kind of energy. So what do we do with it? is it scary? Is it bad? It feels gross or weird. So I think that, yeah. So I think that there's so much confusion about it and misunderstandings that I think that, yeah, educating people, helping them understand, um, and show them how beautiful it can be, uh, I think is super important. I think part of my favorite job is just talking to people that have, lost loved ones and then you know talking to the the one that passed away and giving them messages and um helping both to heal and it's like by far the most rewarding thing I've ever done it's it's truly amazing I think I mean and I'll I'll be honest like I was I hadn't really been around a medium before until I met you and I was always kind of like skeptic I didn't know how it really worked Mm -hmm. Um, and I think after I met you, it's just, it's such a awesome gift that you have and you're so legit. And even like when you did the small reading on my husband and he, he will honestly say you were the most legit person he's ever met (laughs) Oh my gosh, he's very much a skeptic, but 
like he definitely believed in you so that was and you've just become such an awesome part of our lives and you're so helpful and I love your soul because you're just a good person (laughs) you're you're not out here trying to like drain people of money or anything like that yeah well you know and this may sound silly but I understood that I could do that but I wanted to be able to use it for good and so I I've always taken that responsibility very seriously and I always felt like if I abused that in some way or tried to monetize it like big time you know and try to rip people off that the gift would be taken away And I did that with tarot reading as well. Like, I will not lie. Um, Obviously, if it's something that may not be received well, I definitely try to soften it or explain it in depth so that they don't take it like as a bad thing. Um, But yeah, like, I'm afraid that if I lie or do something unethical, that my gift will be taken away. Mm. So I just kind of have always had this major respect for it and, and understanding that it could be gone at any time. And so I just want to do what I can, you know, just in case it does go away at some point. Um, but I'm, I'm a, I'm just a person that likes to help people. I've always been like that. And, and so this was kind of the natural thing that occurred and, and it's just an interesting way to help people, but, and it makes me a weirdo. I mean, people are always, I think I get introduced all the time to new people, like from, you know, if a friend introduced me to their friend or something, it's always like, oh, you're, you're the friend that's into all that weird shit. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, that's me. Well, well, we're all weird. So you need to hang out with more weirdos. I mean, we're happy to be weirdos. So me too. Like I I wear that as a badge of honor. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I used to get nervous about it like especially talking about it to like co-workers and stuff but I'll be honest like over the last year or so like you would think people would be more judgy about it but they're actually like coming out and telling us stories a lot more now oh yeah oh, yeah so well, it's actually been cool. forward yeah like I thought I'd be judged hardcore just because of the work yeah. that I do and most people especially men men aren't usually oh, yeah. into it as much or open to all these different things and over the last few months even I've had so many people just come and tell me their stories and it's just weird because I've always felt like I was going to be judged for the things that I do but it's actually starting to turn around a lot more and people are more interested absolutely and I think more people have had experiences and I also think that something that everybody is pretty much in solidarity over is, you know, we're so interested in the mystery of what happens when we die that I think that once that conversation is presented and started, I think that most people are receptive to some degree because naturally we all have that curiosity. And I think that people want to talk about it, but it's also kind of like as a morbid type conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I think that everybody is curious whether or not that exists. I like a healthy skeptic though. I really love skeptics. I do too. Like it's <laughs> nice to kind of try to change their 
view on things. Right. You know, I think I always look at, um, so, I mean, I used to be an atheist, like when I was in my early twenties and late teens and looking back now, um, you know, my mind's expanded so much and I've been exposed to so much that I look back and I'm just kind of sad for myself back then because I didn't believe in anything. And that's, you know, I think that thinking that there's literally nothing else, like that's so sad. Um, But also you want to believe that something's going to happen. Absolutely. Like that's not the end, you know? Yeah. So it's nice to be able to have those conversations, but I also respect the hell out of people that believe something completely different. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, But it is nice, especially when I'm doing readings to to have a skeptic come in because Mm -hmm. I don't try to like actively change their mind. But once, you know, they have me connect with a loved one or what have you, then you can see them changing their mind. And that makes me feel good because I feel like that helps them be more connected with the one that they lost, but also maybe eliminate some fear of what happens to them when they die. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's it's, it's just amazing what you do. Uh, I'm so (laughs) glad like we all cross paths because, Oh, me too. Like you're just just amazing to me. And it just makes me feel good because you're so good. So it's nice to have you around from time to time. And uh, <laughs> I love to come and visit you and stuff. And it just feels oh good. Gosh. It just my only you know. regret is that we, you live a little bit further away than, than we do. And I oh, said, I know. I'd, I'd probably be over at your house a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. I would love we, it. We get to but do yeah, more things. The, yeah. The trek is, um, yeah, it makes it a tiny bit difficult, but yeah, no, I have so much fun with you all. And I feel like I've known you all like my whole life. Like we just kind of connected and I don't know. I feel like we were instant friends. Mm -hmm. It was like sisters. I don't know. Like, I just feel like a bond with just like, especially all of my women in Mm -hmm. this paranormal field and stuff. Like there's just something to it that just makes me feel like I need them in my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just feels like, good to have. It does. We love, the, we love the guys in the group too now. We do. We <laughs> do. Yeah. Don't, we don't want them to feel left out. No. I think it's because like, Bendick, we love you all. <laughs> I, I think it's because, you know, a lot of people look at women and think that they wouldn't like spend these nights in these haunted places. They'd be too scared right. or that, you know, it's just, it's nice to have that empowerment. And oh my gosh, yes. There's been times where like there's been a guy scared to death or and we're just like sitting there chilling. So no. it just it makes you feel good <laughs> yeah. because like I don't know, people just look at women as weak and stuff sometimes. And I just feel like it's just very powerful how we can come together. And I feel like we feed off each other's energy a lot. That's I think that very we true we raise our vibration. And I think that our energy just becomes so magnified 
when we're like when women are together, together. and doing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't think it sucks anybody else's energy away. I think we just amplify it completely. And that's pretty powerful. In my well, experience though, um, with doing readings and then also, um, taking people around like haunted places, the men are usually the biggest babies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are. Um, I think women are just more curious and I think men, they don't know what to expect. And I think that part is scary. And so they're usually yeah. like a nervous wreck. It, it's very endearing, but it also kind of makes me giggle. It makes me feel like a badass in a way. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I think I'm that's scared. why I like it too. <laughs> Yeah, it's just that, and I, I challenge the men to to um, say differently. Maybe they'll come around and and want to talk to us about this on another podcast. Yeah. I think men men are so used to being able to protect physically, you know, to protect us with their muscle, you know, and mm-hmm. we we've never been able. I mean, we can to an extent, but you know, normally we do not protect physically like they do. And so yeah. they're, they're a little bit caught off guard and, um, we're not, we are, we're able to protect through our spiritually, you know, through yeah. our, our, I don't know. I don't know what it is that we're able to do, but I feel stronger spiritually than I do physically when I go to these oh, places. Yeah. I'm not scared. Yes, definitely. Well, I think too, because we're women are typically more in touch with their inner self and, mm-hmm. um, and their heart and things like that. So I think that the unknown is a little less scary to us. And yeah. I don't think that we feel completely powerless, um, the way perhaps men feel because it isn't a physical thing that they can control. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, albeit I've seen women that were scared too, but I, I was very surprised, you know, doing what I do, like how many men were just nervous wrecks or they would show up and then they're like, uh, I don't know if I can do this. I'm scared mm-hmm. and stuff. And, but then I think that when, when getting a reading by the right person or going in the right building that, you know, is haunted, I think that, um, it has to be something that's especially for their first time that's has a a more loving energy comforting that kind of thing versus intense and kind of creepy it's like you got to kind of ease them into it yeah but I definitely well I think that's all we've got for this episode I want to thank Andrea for coming on and telling us all kinds of stuff about her books and just about what she does and all the advice she's given us. She's a very awesome person and you all should look her up sometime because she is very very talented at what she does. Uh, Thank you. Again, I'm very thankful that you took the time to do this for us. Anytime. Yeah, I look forward to getting back with you again soon and kind of working on some things. Absolutely. I guess thank you for for having me. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. I know it was fun. This was a blast. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.